just abs exactly how necessary is God to this service? Just exactly how, he's just saying, Lord, I need you, but exactly how necessary is God to this service? Now, without the Lord, we can get through and be done with the service at noon like we always are and go our separate ways without probably too much difficulty. Without the Lord, I can probably get this message spit out and I'll get paid again this week. I'll keep my job. But without the absolute positive 100% work of the Lord, we all just wasted our time. And this church wasted its money. And we have let something get by that should never have gotten by. It is of absolute importance. It is a non-negotiable to have the Lord at work in our services. This means that we each <coughs> who know the Lord ought to make this a priority of prayer. We ought to make it a priority that we are not any of the hindering force in a, in a service like this, that our heart is with the Lord and uh, agreeing with the Spirit so that we are not a hindering force within this, the walls of this church or within this membership. It is of utmost absolute importance. I'm not here to keep a job. I'm not here to uh, just get through another service this week. If the Lord is not at work, then what are we doing here? We must keep the Lord at a specific focus at all time. All of us are negotiable. He is the one non-negotiable in our service. So let us pray to that end. When we pray, make sure that you ask the Lord to really work amongst his people and in your own heart uh, this morning. I love the book of John. I especially love the first chapter of John. There's so much foundational truth in, the, in John chapter number one. And this is the easiest place, just a little side note here. It's the easiest place if you're trying to prove the deity of Jesus Christ and the humanity of Jesus Christ. This is the best place to go, the easiest place to go. So as we read this morning, see if you can't pick out the proof text. It's always good to know why you believe what you believe. It's always good to have verses that prove what you say that you believe. And so as we read this, it's not our topic for this morning, the, the humanity or the deity, the, the fact that Jesus Christ is God. Those are not our, really our topic this morning. But try to pick those verses out as we read through here, uh, those proof texts. Um, if you're not familiar with the scriptures, when we read in the very beginning of this, the word word is capitalized. It is a name of the Lord Jesus. One of his names is the Word. So read with me here. Read, listen as I read, and we'll read the first 17 verses this morning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. 
he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of, man, of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him, cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake, he that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. I like to watch old black and white movies. Of course, fame is very fleeting, and the names that were household words are no longer recognized by the new generation. But in the old black and white movie, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Anybody seen Mr. Smith Goes to Washington? The big name in that is Jimmy Stewart. And the young people all say, who in the world is that? But Jimmy Stewart plays an average citizen who was sent to Washington to be a temporary senator. He is appointed to the position by a corrupt politician who is trying to cover his illegal activity uh, that he and his backers are involved in. When Jimmy Stewart's character gets to Washington, the news media gets a hold of him. And the news uh, make him the laughing stock of the entire town by printing a bunch of lies about him. Now, this movie was made in 1939. Eighty years hasn't changed much, has it? <laughs> You're like, wait a second, did this last year, last week? What? <laughs> Things don't change much. When his character sees the newspapers, he gets really angry and starts running through the town, punching the news reporters in the face. He ends up in the press room with a whole bunch of uh, reporters surrounding him, and he yells out, why don't you people print the truth for a change? And one of the reporters answers from the Bible. The reporter says, what is the truth, said Pontius Pilate, but didn't stay around for the answer, which is actually true. Pilate says, what is the truth? And then he immediately leaves the Lord Jesus. What is the truth? In this passage, we are told that Jesus Christ was full of grace and truth. In this passage, we are told that grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now, if we ask the question, what is truth? That question is way too broad. We could never even begin attempting an answer for that. It's too broad of a question. If we ask the question, what truth came by Jesus Christ? Well, that question is way too large for a full answer in the time that we have but we could at least attempt that question. So the title this morning is, What Truth Came by Jesus Christ? 
what truth came by Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, it is our intention to be completely honest before you. And to be completely honest before you is to admit our total inability. We cannot speak your word, neither can we hear your word to any prophet. We are entirely dependent both as speakers and listeners on your spirit. But you have given your spirit to do this work, to not only guide my words, but to, to teach us truth in a way that we can understand. And Father, we're not asking for something that is outside of our opportunity to ask because the Lord Jesus has already purchased this for us. And it is our right in the Lord Jesus to ask that you would teach us. Father, we fully admit that if you do not teach us, we will have wasted this time and it will have been to no avail but we fully expect for you to work and honor the Lord Jesus and explain to him, him to us in a greater way. We want to be conformed to the image of Christ, and we submit ourselves to you to be taught today. For we ask this in his precious holy name. What truth came by Jesus Christ? We obviously cannot answer that question in totality in the time allotted, but let's explore at least some of the more obvious truth that came when Jesus Christ came. Number one, what truth came by Jesus Christ? Number one, man cannot meet the standard of heaven. This is the truth that came by Jesus Christ. When he came, this is the truth that came. Man cannot meet the standard of heaven. In verse number 17, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. The Jewish people loved Moses. It was Moses that God used to lead them out of, the, of slavery in Egypt. It was Moses who led them into the wilderness and through the wilderness and up to the edge of the promised land. During that time that Moses was leading them, they were given the law, which is basically the Ten Commandments and the first five books of the Bible. These contained the instructions for building the tabernacle, their place of worship. They loved Moses. The law set a standard. This is what God expects. You know, men love standards. They love a challenge. If you set any kind of a challenge, men will rush to meet it and surpass it. When I was a teenager, somebody invented the Rubik's Cube. How many remember when the Rubik's Cube first came out? It was a major thing in the country. And everybody that you saw had a Rubik's Cube on their person. I messed around with the Rubik's Cube, and one day I realized I had it in such a condition that I could actually solve it. And so I worked and worked, basically just messing, okay, guessing and flipping on this thing, and I eventually solved the Rubik's Cube. 
I was very happy with myself for doing that. And so I went out and bought a book on how to solve the Rubik's Cube, and I memorized that book. And I was the only person in my high school that could solve the Rubik's Cube. Have you seen any of this today? I mean, this was a major event to solve this Rubik's Cube. I watched a guy the other day who was juggling three Rubik's Cubes and solving them while he was juggling them. There was another guy who has a small Rubik's Cube. He puts it in his mouth and solves it inside his mouth. And I watched another guy who looks at it like this, puts it behind his back, and solves it behind his back. Now, in my high school, they were really struggling. We were all struggling to solve it. But when you put a problem in front of a guy to say, this is what you ought to do, this is what you end up with. Everybody wants to surpass it. Now, for those who could not solve it, they had another method. <laughs> you peel the stickers off and you put them on. And if you, if you know anything about the Rubik's Cube, once you've done that, the thing is actually in, unsolvable. Once anybody's ever done that, it, the thing is now unsolvable. And so that was the way that you would solve your Rubik's Cube, is to peel the stickers off and put them all on one side. Now, men love a standard. They love a challenge. The law of, that Moses got from the Lord was good, and it was right. And it came to the children of Israel, and it set them something definite to shoot for. Here's the, this, is what, this is the standard here. All right, now we know what to shoot for. The only problem was nobody could keep it. There was always, if you've ever read through the, the law, there's always some situation that you weren't quite expecting. That, oh, I missed that. Why did I forget to do that? There was always some event that you had not planned for. There was always some distraction, some thing that, boy. And then when you found even the ones who kept everything they could think of, they knew they were keeping the letter of it, and they would say, you know, there's just something that's not right here. They hadn't kept the spirit of the law, what it was really meant for. They knew that, even if they had kept what they thought was all of it. So they found this standard impossible to keep. Some kept working at it. Some just gave up entirely on it. And some tried to cheat, like peeling the stickers off of a Rubik's Cube. The law said, you cannot covet, and you were to honor your father and mother. But some of these guys figured out, hey, there's this other part of the law that says that if I give it to the Lord, it's Corbin is the word, if I give it to the Lord, then it's dedicated, and I cannot he doesn't have to give it up, but I cannot use it for any other purpose than the Lord. And so I don't have to waste my money on my parents who are aging. I don't have to waste my money on that. I can keep my money. And so they take the one part of the law, they're peeling the stickers off, and fulfilling the law, but actually breaking the other laws. The law said that you had to tithe on everything. They had to give a 10%. And so these guys were in for show would get the, okay, 
Here's the salt that I got. And they'd take off 10% and they would tithe on that 10% of their, of their spices that came in. That's how detailed they were getting. All the while, they are, they are violating the major parts of the law, like adultery and murder. But they are, hey, we're keeping the law for show. They're trying to cheat on the law. The coming of Jesus Christ did not undo the law or say it was wrong or bad. The coming of Christ said, you aren't ever going to be able to meet the standard. If men were going to ever be able to meet the standard of God perfectly and earn heaven, Jesus Christ would not have had to come. But his coming brought this truth. No one has ever since the law was given, kept it perfectly, man cannot keep the standard. What truth came by Jesus Christ? That man cannot meet the standard. What, came, what truth came by Jesus Christ? Number two, God loves you. You know, this, sta this statement is one of the most common phrases in the English language, especially if you're a printer. God loves you has been printed on more things than any other phrase in human history. If you ask almost anybody, does God love you? They will say, yes, God loves everyone. But the statement is so common and it is so widely accepted that it fails to sink in and have the effect on us that it should. So let's probe the statement for a minute. Let me ask you another question. Why does God love you? We say God loves us, but that, that kind of loses its... So ask yourself, why does God love me? Does God love you because you are so good? <laughs> are you so good that God says, boy, that person is just so good, I just love them. Actually, the exact opposite of that is true. If you look at yourself and say, man, I am bad. <laughs> I did not do that. I should have done that, and I should have done that. The standard is not better than everybody else. The standard is perfection. And so if you think that God loves you because you are good, you are deceiving yourself. We have actually not been very good. Is it because you are so valuable Is it because you're so valuable? Things are valuable generally because they have some intrinsic value or because they're rare. Do you have either of those qualities? You started out, Adam came from dust to the ground, okay? A very prevalent commodity. Are you rare? Well, let's see, there's been a hundred billion people approximately on the planet. So you are anything but rare, and you didn't stem from any intrinsic value. There is no real value within us. We're, not, we're neither rare nor have intrinsic value. Does God love you because you are so respectful? You know, God holds a primary spot in the universe. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. He sits on the throne. He is creator God of the universe. 
that, that position demands respect. Is that what he gets from planet Earth? His name is typically used mostly as a cuss word. Uh, he is, his truth and his word are totally disrespected. I saw a commercial this week on t for a new television show that was absolute blasphemy. I could not even believe it. It was just a commercial popped up on something else I was watching. Absolute blasphemy. If, God, if we think that God loves us because we've been so respectful in our position, we are sadly mistaken. Why does God love us? Is it because we are so loving back to him? Nothing could be further from the truth. The reality is, there is no reason that we can find that God would love us. If you come up with an absolute blank on the reason for God's love, you are in the right ballpark. We can find no reason for God to love us. This should cause us to take a step back. When we say God loves us, and we say, but we have no idea why, this uncaused love is a reason to think. It's uncaused love that sent Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If there was ever any doubt of God's love, that doubt was crushed when Jesus Christ came. What truth came by Jesus Christ? That man cannot meet the standard of heaven. Two, God loves us. Three, God keeps his promises. This truth came with Jesus Christ, that God keeps his promises. In our world, promises are often made, but not so often kept. The strange thing about our promises, the older the promise, the less likely or less expected it is to be kept. Have you noticed that? I was feeling really bad this week. Well, I've been feeling really bad for probably six or seven months, actually. Uh, in my world, I've got work to do. Sometimes I don't have time to do the work, and sometimes I don't have the brain power to do the work. I've got time, but not brain power. Do you understand? Some work, do you guys understand that? Sometimes you, you've got your brain power, you don't have much on your mind, but you just don't have time to get to it. Sometimes you don't have time to get to it, and you don't have brain. Sometimes you have brain power. Your brain is dead, and even though you've got the time, you just there's just no way. I can't think through this. Jewel's not here today. She, by the way, is doing a wonderful job for us in Sunday school. I appreciate she's the, our Sunday school superintendent, and she, she takes that job very seriously, and so I really appreciate her work in that. She gave me a document. I'm guessing it's been six or seven months ago now. And I read it through, I had to proof it for, and I read it through, and I, I, in my mind it says, this is going to take some real brain power. So I've been carrying this document, and I have a folder of things that I have to do, and I carry with me every day. And so I've been carrying this for six or seven months, and I look at it every time I open this folder up. No, I don't have the brain power. No, I don't have the time. So this week, I finally got it done. 
<laughs> it wasn't that big of a deal. It was bigger in my mind. Than, and, I, I, and I turned it over to her and I said, yeah, we've got it all. Okay. I think in her mind, he's never going to get this done. Do you understand? Because the promise to take care of this was six or seven months old. I have some promises that I made in my life that if I would fulfill them now, the people would look at me like, why did you do that? Do you understand what I mean? Because when you make a promise, it gets postponed and postponed and postponed. Anybody make a promise when you're a teenager that you did not fulfill yet? <laughs> you don't even want to think about that. Okay? <laughs> you can't remember that far back. That's the good thing about it. Some of these things you promised your kids and now they're out of the house and grown and you're like, well, missed that one. The older the promise, the less likely there is to fulfill it, the ex less expectation. When Adam sinned in the garden, the Lord said, I am going to send through your seed someone that's going to crush Satan's head. The Messiah was promised at that moment. Think about, now Eve thought, I've gotten a man, even the Lord. She thought that, the, that uh, Cain was the, the answer here. What a mistake that was. But as the, as the days go by, as the years go by, as the generations go by, as the centuries go by, as thousands of years go by, it's like, okay, the promise was made, but we're way beyond its expiration date. God had never forgotten that promise. He was, as the Bible said, waiting for the fullness of time, for the exact perfect right time for Jesus Christ to, be, to come is when he came. And when Jesus Christ came, what that tells us is the truth that he brought is God always keeps his promise. He'll mark it down. He always keeps his promise. If that promise is the soul that sinneth, it shall die, or the wages of sin is death, that's the promise, and he's going to keep it. If the promise is to his people, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, that's the promise, he's going to keep it. What truth did Jesus Christ bring? Even this way, way old promise in everybody's mind, Jesus Christ brings the truth. God keeps his promise every single time. What truth did Christ bring? Man cannot reach the standard. God loves you. God keeps his promise. <clears throat> Number four, the truth that came by Jesus Christ, the standard must be met. The standard must be met. Man had already proved that he could not reach God's standard. So man's answer to that, the fact that he cannot reach that standard, is to cheat or to lower the standard. My friend, this is not a workable situation. If you ever talk to people about the Lord, okay, I hope that you do. When you talk to people about the Lord, almost all of them recognize the fact that they are not perfect. They recognize that they do not meet the standard that God has set. So what they're hoping for is that God will just forget about what they did or that he will lower the standard just enough to let them in. That's the hope. 
that God would just forget about these bad things I've done or drop the standard just low enough that I can get in. Now, this is an entirely unworkable solution. When Adam sinned in the garden, it was a perfect place. He adds one sin. Now look at the place. I don't know about you, but I'm getting older. Hence the sitting and watching the snow fall outside the front window. Okay? That was the comment being made behind me. Yes, we are getting older. And yes, I did enjoy sitting there drinking my coffee while I was watching the snow fall. I'm getting older. And the older I get, I think more about eternity. Getting closer. And I'm all happy for it. But if I had to live eternity in a place like this, I don't think I could get up tomorrow morning. If I thought that I had to live in a disastrous world like this that we live on for the rest of eternity, that would just be too much to even deal with. But if God lowers the standard and just forgets about and lets a few of our sins slip in, guess what? That's what we'll be doing for all eternity, living in a messed up world. It's an unworkable solution for anybody who thinks. But this is not what Jesus Christ did. When Jesus Christ came, God's saying, the standard must be met. I'm not going to lower the standard. The standard must be met, and here's the one who's going to do it. Jesus Christ came and met the standard. In order to do so, see if your mind can work here. Most of you are old hands at this. Three qualifications for Jesus Christ to be the Savior of the world. One, he has to be human. A man has to die for man's sin. We read that this morning. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Two, he has to be sinless. A man cannot die for someone else's sin when he's guilty of the same thing himself. He must be sinless. He was at all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Third qualification he must have, he must be valuable. In order to pay for the sins of the whole world, you've got to have more value than just one person. You've got to have lots of value, infinite value. And as our passage read, we read this morning, the Word was with God. The Word was God. Jesus Christ is God in that he's, in that he's valuable. So in Jesus Christ, we have the perfect substitute. And he came to earth and settled the debt. He paid the debt. He met the standard. The standard of heaven is perfection, and it must be met. Jesus Christ met that standard, and it is in his righteousness that we are allowed into heaven, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. The standard of heaven has been met in the person of Jesus Christ. What truth came by Jesus Christ? Man can't meet the standard. God loves you. God keeps his promises. The standard must be met and was met in the person of Jesus Christ. And number five, there is an eternity. What truth did Jesus Christ bring? There is an eternity. 
Carol and I went away for a couple of days, day and a half this week. We went up to Marshalltown. We like to go up there. They got some pretty decent thrift stores, and it's a nice hotel up there, so we went up for a couple of days. Whenever I stay in a hotel, I turn on the TV set. I am shocked by a couple of things. I am shocked by how much God and his word are mocked and minimized on that thing. It, it just is shocking. I don't l watch that kind of stuff at home. And when I turn on the TV, it's like, what? How much God, even in the shows that you might think are halfway decent, when you start watching what they're doing and how they undermine Christianity and, and God's word, it, it's mocked and minimized almost continually. The other thing I come away with is how much people are ignoring eternity. With all of the ads and all of that that's going on, how much, one, God and his truth is mocked, but two, eternity is ignored. In order to ignore eternity, you must do something to explain the coming of Jesus Christ. In order to ignore eternity, you've got to somehow explain Jesus Christ away. The fact of the matter is, everybody here must decide what you're going to do with Jesus Christ. Everybody. If Jesus Christ is just a man, then you've got to explain his life and the miracles that he did. Just exactly how do you explain those things if he's just a man? If his teaching, some people say, he's just, he was here and he was a good teacher. You know, that won't, what do they do all the, that plow won't scour. That, that, uh, that, what did they, that horse won't, the old saying, that horse won't, that dog won't hunt is another one. Anyway, I like old sayings and that will bug me for the rest of the day. You cannot just take and say that Jesus Christ was a good teacher. You, you cannot do that. Because Jesus Christ is either exactly who he said he is, or he's a liar and a deceiver. He cannot be just simply a good teacher. He claimed to be God. He claimed to be the Savior of the world. He claimed that he had come from God. He claimed that he was going to God. He made all of these definite statements. And if he is not exactly who he said he is, then he is a liar and a deceiver and an imposter. He is either exactly who he said he is or he's infinitely bad. We would not tolerate someone who came in and lied like that and then pat them on the back and say, oh, you're a really nice guy. He is either God made flesh, the Savior of the world, or he is evil. There's no in-between. You must do something with the person of Jesus Christ. There's no getting around it. You must either reject him entirely and say, he was an imposter, or you must embrace him entirely and say, he is the Savior of the world. There's no middle ground. He is exactly who he said he is. You must do, you must, you're confronted because he came. You are confronted with eternity. Jesus Christ said, I 
am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. What are you doing with the person of Jesus Christ? Let me take a quick aside here. Christians have a tendency to hear truth. We love the truth. Tell me the old story again and again and again and again. We love to hear the gospel. We love to hear what Christ has done for us. We love to hear that. I'm all for that, okay? But Christians very often will take it in and then just it just dead ends there. It never rolls into their life to affect them. Because we know this truth already and so we're satisfied and we go home with a warm feeling when that's not the, what the Lord was at really after. In the person of Jesus Christ, we are confronted with eternity. Therefore, our lives should reflect eternity. What song did they play for offertory? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Yes, I was contemplating that. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, and what happens? The things will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and, uh, in the light of his glory and grace. Turn your eyes upon the Lord. When the Lord came, we are confronted that there's an eternity. And when we see him, guess what happens to this world? The cares of this world start to diminish, and we're like, you know what? That's not important anymore. And that's not important anymore. And that's not important anymore. And this is important. It's eternal. Our life is sorted by the fact that Jesus Christ came because we are confronted with eternity. And if we would look at our life and say, eternity is for real. And we would look at the person of Jesus Christ, there's a very good chance that our life will be turned upside down. Because we have the tendency to let the world affect us. This is one of the things that I notice about watching television when I'm I don't, at home. I watch stuff, but I never watch any commercials ever because... It's all pre-recorded stuff, so I don't watch any commercials. What I find after I've spent a day or so away and I've been watching television, that's, I've been watching commercials because that's all that's on in these days. <laughs> you have five minutes of show and 25 minutes of commercial. You know what I find? I find myself thinking, well, I wonder if I could get a new car. I wonder if I should go on another vacation. I wonder if I should start being a snappier dresser. I wonder if I should, you know what, it looks like I should, do you understand what's happening? When you run with the world, the things that they really think are important starts to elevate in your mind. When you look at the face of Jesus Christ, what do you find? The exact opposite is true. The cares of this world start to fall off and you think, why are you doing that? Moody said, I'm not, worried, I'm not worried about success, and I'm not worried about failure. I'm more worried about being a success at something that doesn't matter. Yes. 
have that written on, this, on my wall in my office. The big worry is to be a success at something that doesn't matter. And God's people have a tendency to let the cares of this world slip in and bring our level, our thoughts of eternity down to a low place in our life. And in the face of Jesus Christ, the truth that he brought when he came was there is an eternity. And he will be sitting on the throne. He is at this moment and for all eternity. And we will be at the judgment seat of Christ. And the truth that he brought, one of them is, there is an eternity that we will be in. Our lives should reflect that. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Are you living in the truth that he brought Men cannot reach the standard of heaven. God loves you. God keeps his promises. The standard must be met, and it was met in the person of Jesus Christ. And there is an eternity. This is some of the truth that came by Jesus Christ. Let's pray.